Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner Podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli. Hope you all are having a good holiday season. This will be the last uh, interview for the new year, but we got a lot more in store coming up in 2023. So hope you guys enjoy this last one. Uh, the following is an interview with Kurt Eckstein. Kurt competed for Oldenburg Academy and graduated in 2017. During his time at Oldenburg, he was five times All-State and two-time state champion, once across country and once in the 3200. Upon graduation from Oldenburg, he joined the best school one could ever attend, Purdue University. At Purdue, Kurt racked up a long list of accomplishments with highlights of running the school record in the indoor 3K in 759, number two all-time in the indoor 5K in 1351 and outdoor 5K in 1349, and number three all-time in the outdoor 10K in 2911. Kurt now works and lives in Indy while uh, also to help coach his alma mater, Oldenburg Academy. He also made his debut in the half marathon at this past monumental half marathon in a blistering time of 104.44 despite the terrible weather. Kurt is super down to earth and easy to talk to. He had a lot of great things to say about training, culture, and even life in general. As always, I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Kurt Eckstein. Kurt, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, we're going to start like we normally do with a little tier talk. Uh, this week is going to be best winter activity. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Go ahead and start it. All right. So I'd say like two of these three I haven't done for like 10 years, but they're like still my favorite, like all time top three, you know? Mm-hmm. Number three is going to be snowball fight mid run. So this is a running podcast after all. Um, yeah, I think one of the best parts about running in the winter is that fresh snowfall, you get to go outside with your teammates, throw a little, little snowball, maybe a little tackle into the snow. Um, nothing like it. Number two is building a snow fort. I feel like, I don't know, one of the best parts about being like a kid is just building a fort, period. Like if you're inside, using the pillows, using the couch, whatever, outside. Fresh snowfall, I got the snow fort. So that's number two. And I think also have like memories of breaking out like the water bottle to like freeze the snow. And you got a little like maybe brew some hot chocolate, living in a little snow fort for the day. Uh number one is snow football. Like growing up, anytime I like snowed, my roommates or my roommates, my neighbors and I would uh go out and play a little snow football. It's fun because you like tackle each other as hard as you want. You just like land in the snow and you're fine. Um, There's also somewhere on the internet, somewhere in YouTube, there's a video that we made when we were kids of like us doing one hand catches like slow mo. We like thought it was like the coolest thing ever, but it was it looked so lame, you know. (laughs) Um, So those are my top top three. They're all all snow related, but take it whatever direction you want. No, I have the same number three as you. Obviously, yes, snowball fights during my. The runs are fun. Um, the reason it wasn't higher up though was because every once in a while you get a piece of ice in there, and that isn't <laughs> like yeah. It's a fair point. Yeah. So um, no, but uh, who doesn't like a snowball fight during a run? It's great. Yeah. Um, number two, this one 
is not snow related going to hockey games so okay yeah i've been to a couple um they're a lot of fun uh you know especially when a fight starts it's fully yeah. Yeah, great to watch those do you have Actually, a favorite team uh no not really i just go to whatever there there's a team in cincinnati um that they're like a minor league team okay so i guess that would be my favorite team but you know whatever i can get to yeah have you been to a fuel game i haven't yet i okay. want to go yeah i haven't gotten to one yet um it is in the works but there we go they sound like they can be a good time yeah i feel like they're it's like a growing thing and i'm pretty sure they're building a new like stadium or new like facility in fishers maybe so something um, maybe i have been to an indians game and a colts game okay i haven't been to the fuel game yet though so okay. oh and um also in the 11 so I've oh seen yeah the, yeah nice been to most of it indianapolis's sporting events but not that no, one no pacers no but i do have tickets there you go like for this yeah. season not season tickets just uh they're i'm not even sure who it's against it's sometime in january okay but cool. it's just like a weekday game i got tickets for um so that one is coming up and then all i have left is the fuel i think there i don't go. know if there, are there any other teams i can think Hmm. i guess the heat maybe yeah or the fever or the fever yeah 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 i think that's it yeah Yeah, got them all covered or the mad ants before we mad ants the like uh pacers minor minor g league team i didn't even know that was a thing yeah we got it all here in indiana (laughs) (laughs) um so hockey games are number two and then number one have you ever heard of perfect north yeah, for sure. I've actually I've only been skiing once in my life. I want to definitely want to go again, but it was at Perfect North. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you're from Indiana and you've gone skiing, that's probably the place. Yeah. You're not out west. True. So, uh, yeah, Perfect North skiing, tubing, snowboarding, whatever. Fun winter is that, activities. Is that like a yearly thing? Yeah, I will be going go. um next week sometime. There you go. Yep. Have you ever done the real thing? Like, have you, have you ever been out West? I haven't. No. Uh, I would like to go sometime. But I don't know if I'm skilled enough yet either. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect North is kind of the bunny slopes of America. So you can't hurt yourself. Like that, so. <laughs> That's so true. Right. Do you just ski or do you snowboard? Do Um. Actually, I haven't been skiing, but I have been snowboarding. So oh, I've you've heard, never skied? No, I heard oh. that um, snowboarding is better than skiing. Okay. I mean, I've only been once. So I have no idea. I thought snowboarding was harder than skiing. Because skiing, you kind of just have to like stand there. <laughs> I don't know. If you're just going like down the easy slopes, you kind of just have to like stay upright. I feel like mm-hmm. snowboarding, there's a lot more like, I don't know. You had to like really move your body to stay upright. Right. I guess, like I said. Uh, I'm not very experienced and I haven't done both. So who am mm. I to say which one's better? <laughs> yeah. Right. For sure. Definitely, a, definitely appeal for both, but that'd be cool to, to go out West eventually when your skills right. are, are up to par. Yeah. Or just go for it and see what happens. Right. What's the worst <laughs> thing <that> happen? <laughs> nice. That's solid, solid top three. Um, 
the when you when you're talking about the hockey game and the fights that like reminded me of uh so i've only been to one professional baseball game and it was like the reds pirates like i don't know i think it was like junior year of high school and it was like the middle of the afternoon but there were two like bench clear or dugout clearing fights during the game like the relief pitchers were like coming out of like the outfield like it was it was pretty wild really like, during a baseball game yeah i know that's like like pretty rare i think someone got hit by a pitch or something yeah but i don't know i to be honest i find baseball pretty boring so that was like a nice break in the action especially like we were sitting like right in the sun like the middle of a uh like a i don't know saturday afternoon or something but right yeah mlb fights are you know they're rare but they're crazy when they happen because you got the entire team out there yeah <laughs> yeah right mm-hmm. hockey hockey fights are great too uh cool so we we're gonna go through kind of your your running journey your running story um but then also want to get to kind of i don't know questions relating to this theme uh big fish small pond to big fish big pond so you went to a smaller school in indiana so i want to talk about kind of your experience with that and then all then moving to uh college going to purdue obviously a pretty big school just your experience with that um so yeah so to kind of kick off that theme i want to ask what uh what role do you think running for a small school uh like had in, on your running career were the i guess were there any things that maybe would have been different if you'd gone to a bigger school or i don't know if do you have you reflected on that yeah um yeah so i think to start uh like as a community as a whole i think it was a little bit closer in a small school because for example I knew the names of, I think, every single person in my school, which probably wouldn't have been the case if I had gone to Carmel or Fishers. Um, so I think, um, you know, being able to associate with like all the teachers, and all the uh, peers and everybody in the school, I was able to definitely develop more of the attitude of fighting for the name on the front of the jersey instead of the back. Um, right. Because I wanted to do well and I knew everyone in the entire school and most of the surrounding community too, uh, wanted me to do well, uh, and, you know, give the school and everybody some recognition. So I think that like was probably a different drive or feel than what it would have been if I had gone to a larger school. Um, and then I think another driving thing that I had is like, uh, you don't see a lot of recognition from small schools at the state level. Mm. Um, so I think that also was a bit of a drive, like, oh, you know, these people can see that they can do it too. You don't have to go to Carmel or Fishers or Center Grove uh, to be able to make it to a big stage. Mm-hmm. So just kind of be able to give people that hope was also a bit of a reason why uh, and give me some like motivation and drive. Um, though the downside of going to a small school, one um, I didn't really have a training partner and workouts. Obviously, if I'd gone to Carmel, um, that would have been different. And most likely I would have been training partners with Ben Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So where uh, where would you have gone if you went to because Oldenburg's a private school, right? It is. Where would you have gone if you went to public school? If I was still living in the same area, probably Batesville. Um yeah. which Honestly, like, yeah, there were 
good people there, but as far as workout wise goes, I probably really would have been on my own, at least for the like the tempos and the threshold and the longer things. Mm-hmm. When I was on the track, then um I was working out with people. Okay. Some of my teammates, like we could do four hundreds together and two hundreds and uh six hundreds, but once it started getting up to like, you know, beyond a mile, then I started having to run on my own. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Right. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, that was, so that's like, I guess one of the cons of not being at a larger school. Um, the other thing was that OA didn't, didn't, and still doesn't have a track. So I didn't <laughs> have a track in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you go somewhere else or did you like for track workouts yeah so their Batesville led us on their track so we would go over there like uh three days a week usually um from the months of March to May and then the summer um Batesville Middle School kind of had a track uh it was like it was an oval and it was almost a quarter mile I think it was a little bit long but you couldn't wear (laughs) spikes in it um oh, no it way. didn't have any lanes it was just like this one <laughs> one lane black oval yeah nice <laughs> so we were able to get on the track but i didn't have one consistently um but that was okay i mean i i guess i didn't really need it um mm-hmm. and then one other thing that i can think of that would have been different if i went to a large school like carmel or fishers um i don't know whether this is a pro or a con but i've seen or heard that Carmel doesn't always race their top guys in sectionals and regionals and cross, which I was not able to do. <laughs> right, right. Right. I had to run those races and couldn't rest up for semi-state state. Um, so those are just some of the differences that we had. Yeah. It, like, how much of a factor is that? Like, how much were you feeling the racing four weeks in a row, like when it came to state? When it came to state, I don't think it was – too bad but i yeah i think like by the time it's after state um i could definitely feel it by the end of the season like mm. nxr mm. When it was like like regionals i was like man i'm burnt out yeah but 16 races this season <laughs> <laughs> yeah isn't that crazy to think about like six, that's insane yeah we would run 12 races in a season and then four for uh you know, sectionals, regional, semi-state, state, and then yeah. anything I did after that as well. So, you know, 16, 17, 18 races. Yeah. Ever, yeah. How much are you, like, typically running in college, like, for cross-country? How many races in a season? Six, I think. Yeah. Three. Yeah, three meets, and then Big Tens, and regionals, and then nationals. Yeah. It's and crazy, then- like, when, how you get, as you get older, like, dwindles down, because I'm sure, like, I think you ran you ran monumental, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like even if you decide to do like a marathon one day, like you do what, maybe two, three a year? Like it just keeps getting like smaller and smaller. Right. Yeah. I did um two five Ks over the summer and then monumental. Okay. So since leaving college, I've raced three times. Nice. You crushed monumental. How how are you feeling about it? Um I, I was happy with my time for sure. I was kind of like worried about it going in because I never had ran a half marathon before. So I was like, dang. Never you know? ever? No, that was my first one. <laughs> dang, let's go. 
Oh uh, yeah. So going into it, I was like, I think I'm in pretty good shape. I don't know. And I've never, uh, ran, you know, sub five minute pace for anything past seven miles at that point. It was actually, I think four weeks before the race, I did a seven mile threshold at five minute pace, a little sub like 458 pace. Um, and I remember that starting to get a little bit tough at the end. Mm. So you know, I still have six more miles to do on top yeah. of that. A little nervous, but, um, you know, I had the super shoes on at that point and was in a group of people. I had the adrenaline going. So there you go. It turned out all right. Um, actually during that race, I started and I hit about the fifth mile and I felt terrible. I was like, Oh, really? good. yeah. Oh no, no, I have, I have eight more miles to go. How am I supposed to get through this? So, um, I've been in that situation before in college in the 10 K. So I just decided like, well, let's just focus on getting through this mile and see how we feel the next. And I did that, you know, mile six, seven, eight, nine came by. By the time I got through the ninth mile, I was like, oh, I only got four miles to go. I'm feeling a lot better. I don't know. I got a second win. Things start to loosen up. I think I'm good. Um, yes. and I actually felt better in the last mile finishing than I did back in the middle of the race. So, oh, wow. you know, yeah, yeah, things come in waves. Um, so I, like I said, I've been in that situation before in the 10K. So I just, whatever, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully we get a second win here and feel better. And yeah, sure enough, like a half hour later, 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Was, I was feeling better. What do you what do you think you could go on like a perfect weather day? Because you went what 104? I went 104.44. Apparently the monumental was short mm. by 100 meters. So I heard. Um and so the guys I was running with, I don't know. That was my first one, but the people I was with when we finished, they think that we would have been around like 6340. To 6350 if it was a perfect day um because it was really windy and rainy that day yeah were you so were you rolling off like college training or were you like specifically training for this half um i just taken what i was doing with coach oliver and modified it a little bit i did less um less like speed work hills and 400s and focus more on doing everything okay enough and doing lots of reps of those so okay. like uh 10 to 13 by k um mile repeats 10 mile tempos uh i did five by two mile repeat at one point and then just really long long runs and nice. just gave my mileage up so yeah are you training with anybody um off and on a little bit not consistently Jared Carpenter lives in Indianapolis. So I've trained with him a little bit. And then Kayla Kerr, mm -hmm. I've trained with him a little bit. Um, and then I have a couple friends that I run with here and there. Okay. Nice. I know yeah. we're kind of jumping to the end, but um what do you have planned for the future? Do you wanna do you wanna move up to the marathon? You wanna keep doing halves? What what do you think? Yeah, that's the goal is to get a marathon. Um hopefully get to the Olympic trials and the marathon. Let's go. I think that's pretty doable yeah so i'm going to do the caramel half in april i think mm -hmm. maybe the indie mini after that um which actually i might be racing Braden law then he texted me a little bit about it we'll so circle. 
Yeah, we might be getting him back in on it. So those are two I have planned. Um, Bailey McIntyre, my old teammate, he contacted me yesterday and asked about doing a 5K relay in January, I think. Okay. So I think that's my next immediate race. And then those two half marathons after. Yeah, a 5K relay? Yeah, I've never done it before. I don't know the rules. Um, it's in Nashville, Indiana, I think. Okay. So like so, you break uh, you break up a 5K or you each run a 5K? That's why I don't know. I need okay. to ask about that. I don't know if we each run a 5K or if we're going to break up a 5K. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's exciting. Are you, you're not like professional, are you? Or No, I just okay. train on my own. Just killing it for fun? Yeah, just killing it for fun right now. There we go. Yeah. Get some races and planned and set goals and go for it. Um, yeah. Which is part of the motivation piece. After I got done with collegiate running, um, I had like the 5K planned in the summer and then the half marathon plan. But then after I got done with the half marathon, I was like, dang, now what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't have anything planned. So it was kind of hard to stay motivated to keep training. But then once this like 5K popped up and then once I had an idea of doing the half marathons in April mm -hmm. um, and May, then I had, you know, good reason to and something to look forward to uh and not just like forcing myself out into the whatever 30 20 degree weather <laughs> yeah <laughs> just right. for the sake of running have you seen the weather we're about to get yeah um <laughs> gonna like rain a bunch and then drop to zero degrees and yeah yeah right around christmas time that's gonna be great <laughs> mm -hmm. are you traveling at all i am um on thursday i'm I work at Rolls Royce in Indianapolis. Nice. So I need to go home Thursday. I know it's supposed to rain and freeze that day. Um, so I'm just going to pack all my stuff, go to work. And then as soon as it gets out, leave and go home. I Since I only live an hour away, like I can get home in an hour. Um, I'll should be able to beat the freeze, you know, get home by like six or seven. Hopefully the temperature doesn't drop until later in the evening. And yeah. <laughs> So after like graduating from Purdue, um, like, so you, like your whole life you've been running and, and achieving at a high level, like, how do you, I don't know how to phrase it, but like, how do you like kind of not move on, but like, how do you move into this next stage of life without like full, like a team and full structure of running and things like that? Has it been tough or? Kind of. So, um, it wasn't initially because I had just been coming off of the spring semester and what happens after the spring semester, everyone goes home for the summer and trains on their own for the, mm. you know, the most part. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, this is pretty normal. I'm just like back in Oldenburg, Indiana for the summer doing <laughs> my summer training. Um, and then once I came to Indianapolis, it was still kind of like that. Um, and it wasn't really, until like I said after the half that I was kind of like dang like I really don't have a team anymore um and I don't have like a planned schedule or anything mm -hmm. um, and I don't have coach like giving me training every single week so like now what do I do um yeah and that's kind of when I realized which Bailey had already had this problem and he had kind of talked about it so I I knew what to do. It's like, if you want to stay into running and stay motivated and keep setting goals, 
um, and not just let your fitness go to waste. It seems like the best thing to do is, yeah, like have some planned out training and then also get signed up for some races mm. so that you have, uh, you know, you have something to look into and have a goal to go for. For sure. Do you, uh, do you still love running? Yeah. Um, I think I, I've only actually like liked it more and more. Mm -hmm. I started to love it more and more because when I first started doing it in middle school, I wasn't a big fan of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I think my parents thought I'd be good at it because I used to play soccer, hence my like handle names. And I just never changed them. (laughs) Soccer guy or something. Yeah. So that I used to play soccer and that, so I made that my handle because it was funny and then I was going to change it. Uh, and one of my high school teammates was like, no, this is iconic. You can't change it now. You have to keep it forever. So, yeah, whatever. It's there to stay. Not change it. <laughs> you are a soccer guy? I am now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think my parents thought I would be good at it. And so I had a couple cousins that ran. And then one of my friends, um, all of his siblings ran. So he was going to do it. He's like, come on, just like do this with me. You'll be fine. <laughs> like all right whatever uh i'll do it but i didn't want to go in there and get beat so i was like always a tryhard right from the start like yeah i'm not letting <laughs> anyone beat me ever okay uh, <laughs> of course that didn't happen like i was in sixth grade so i think i was like third or fourth on our team okay um, yeah but i still like i don't know i don't like it I was like man this is really hard and just like out here running what's the point you know I don't, I don't know <laughs> uh but i just didn't want people to be me i want to be good at it so i just during races i just go all out um <laughs> and so you know got through middle school and of course the high school coach is aware that i'm like doing pretty good i think um i started getting pretty good when i was in eighth grade uh i was second in middle school state i think nice uh but i think that it might have classes or it did at the time there was like a large school and small school division i think mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, the high school coach is knocking on my door like, yeah, you have to run. And my parents are also, yeah, you're doing pretty good at this. I think uh, you need to keep going. I think they all thought I was better than what I thought I was Mm. because running in college was not on my radar until I was, like, at the end of my junior year. Okay. Yeah. So, like, Were you you still playing soccer at this time or did you you quit already? No, I was just running only at this point. Okay. Uh Were you any good at soccer? I felt like I was pretty good. I played, um, when I played, I was like a forward and I, um, I started and played, you know, most of the game. I think it was just because I was fast. So if I got the ball, I could yeah run past everybody. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> right. You know, I was like, oh, I don't need to be skilled. I just have to be able to keep control of the ball and then I can <laughs> just sprint around everybody. Yeah. Did you watch the World Cup? I did. I saw Argentina won. Yeah. Did you watch the game? I saw like the second half of it. So I know they were, uh, they were like up and then the French came back and then it went to overtime and shootouts and whatever penalty kicks and everything. So, yeah, that was, I haven't watched like a ton of, ton of soccer, but that was probably like the best soccer game I've ever seen. That was unbelievable. Oh yeah. It was great. It was intense. You know, whether you watch the teams or not, or care, you definitely had been excited to see what was going down. Yeah, for sure. And Mbappe's mm-hmm. the real deal. Right, right. So, 
Um, and I didn't really care who won, but I guess also from what I've heard, uh, everyone wanted Argentina to won, win because French, the French won last year, I think, or last time it was held. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They won, what, 2018 or 2020? Yeah. yeah. Um, And then, like, yeah, Messi hadn't won a yeah. World Cup yet. And so, like, he, he finally got his. Yeah. It's cool to see Messi hold up the cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, cool. So you so head into high school. Your parents and the coach are trying to convince you to run. Did you not? Did you not want to? Or I wasn't super thrilled about it. I don't think. Okay. <laughs> like, did you want right. to do something else, or you just like didn't want to run? Uh, I think I was still. If I remember right, I might have still been interested in soccer at that point. I don't think I was really interested in running. Um, and then also, um. I like basketball. I wasn't good at it at all, but I liked it. You know, I still like watching it, especially the Boilermakers watching. As like, but, you know, I like that. Want to do other things. I still hadn't acquired the taste of running. I really think it would take me anywhere. I just, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, this is a non-revenue sport. No one cares about this. Like, this? <laughs> I was like, Fine, but did you whatever. did you know you were any good? Like, did you? I thought I was decent, but I didn't think like, like I said, I think my parents and coaches thought I was better than I thought I was. Mm. I didn't think I'd ever like when I was in high school as a freshman, sophomore, it did not register to me at all that I'd run in college or like a mm. D1 level or anything. I was just like, yeah, guess I'll do this for four more years and then <laughs> call it a game over. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So you said that didn't switch to like junior year? Yeah, so um, I didn't make it to state when I was a freshman. I think I got 60th at my state. Okay. Or something like that. And I was in the like mid 16s, 1640s, 1630s. Um, so then I made a jump my freshman to sophomore year. Um, and I think part of that jump was because when I was in middle school, I was around what, 10, 15 miles a week. Yeah. And then we get to high school and beef up the training. Now I'm running like 40, 45 miles a week. And another thing is our team um, went to like a camp over the summer. Uh, and that helped my coach develop some. She was already like a decent coach for sure. But that just like helped develop our training a little bit more and our culture a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, you know, whatever you're in high school, you grow, you go through puberty. <laughs> so you know, that happens and I get a little bit faster. Um, how, how much did you grow? Because you're pretty tall now, right? I am. How tall are you? 6'4". Nice. Should play yeah. basketball. <laughs> I know. I, I I did it for a little bit. In high school, I did – when I was a freshman, sophomore, I played, like, JV and that, whatever, just for, like, fun and stuff. Yeah. I was, like, super good at it. But then, again – I never worked at it. So, you know, who knows? You know, hey, it's never been, too late, you know? I could have been at Purdue for basketball. If I... <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad right now. So you may, maybe you can walk wow. on. I know. They could definitely use my help there. Yeah, for sure. B bottom of the pools. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, but yeah. Pretty what you were saying. <laughs> what do you remember much about your uh, your training during high school? Yeah, um, it was a little bit different. 
there were similarities and there were differences. So um, we worked out twice a week in high school, but I guess the difference was in high school, we also raced every week. So I was working out twice a week in racing, mm. um, which might be kind of common in high school. So we would run on Monday, um, work out Tuesday, like five mile tempo, uh, run on Wednesday, work out Thursday, which would be like speed work, you know, maybe some hill sprints and then uh, like 400s or 200s or we would just do like Andrew meter repeats or some mile repeats or something. Um, and then a run on Friday and then race on Saturday. And then we also would lift every, every single day, Monday through Thursday. Well, we only every had Monday through Thursday. We didn't meet on Friday. Yeah. We, we lift every single day, Monday through Thursday oh. before we ran right before. What kind of stuff did you guys do? Do you remember? Uh, lightweights high repetitions uh just like all sorts of things um this one machine i don't really know how to describe it it's kind of like doing a squat but it's an angle it's called super cat if you've ever heard of that machine okay i don't know if i have yeah so we do that a lot leg extensions leg curls uh um some squats uh leg press lunges we do a couple things with like dumbbells and lat pulls. Dang. Uh, but did, did that did that help? Like and did you ever get injured from it? No, I never got injured in high school. Um not one time. So I guess it helped. And like I said, we we wouldn't ever do that high of weight. It would just be like low weight and then, you know, do like twenty reps or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like the time was worth it? Like looking back at it now, like I don't know. Yeah. Was it, was it worth the time in the gym? Um, I don't know because I never really got hurt in college either. Well, I kind of strained a couple things a few times, but that was only because I, you know, might not have been completely listening to coaching what he was telling me to do. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I didn't really get too injured in college either. Um, Did you guys lift it at Purdue? No, not really. Okay. I can't say all we did a lot of like core stuff and stuff with our own body weight, okay. but we didn't lift. Okay. So just kind of, yeah, different things there. Um, right now I've just started lifting a little bit again. So what I'm doing is Tuesday, I'm doing a, a workout that's like a tempo or eight by mile repeats or K repeats. And then Friday, um, now I'm trying to get into, like I said, I'm doing a mile soon. And then I might sign up for a 10K on the track. But right now I'm focusing a little bit more on the track. I'm waiting till later on to focus more on the half marathon again. Okay. I'm doing um, hills and fast stuff on Fridays, um, 200, 300, 400, 600, whatever, everything under 600. Um, and then Friday afternoon, I've started lifting a little bit. So I'm kind of okay. getting yeah just one day a week yeah yeah just one day a week um just see how it goes i remember at the end of my collegiate career coach oliver talked about like hearing about teams that were starting to do um two workouts a day so they'd work out friday mm -hmm. morning and come back friday afternoon yeah so um 
I don't know about doing that right now, but I'm going to work out Friday morning and then Friday afternoon lift and see where that goes. Okay. Do you know who uh, Rory Linkletter is? No, I've never heard. Okay. He's, I think he's the Canadian record holder in the half marathon. Uh, he went to BYU, but I follow him on Strava. And he, uh, I think uh, Ryan Hall, like the American record holder in the marathon. I've heard of coach. him. Um, but he started doing like, they're called like double T days where you do like a threshold workout in the morning and then like a shorter one at night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, that is becoming more popular, um, at least among pros. Yeah. Yeah. I know coach Oliver um, kind of entertained the idea. We did it a couple times at Purdue when we weren't like busy with school. I think it was more when we were on breaks and just at Purdue and didn't have homework because that can be, that can be pretty tough if you're like a pretty academically rigorous school and hard programs. Yeah. It can be tough to work out in the morning and then come back and try to again in the afternoon. Yeah, um, for sure. What, right. what what was your training like at Purdue? Um, so it was yeah, it was pretty routine. Uh, Monday and Thursday we double and then you know do different drills and strides and core and work on uh hips and ankle exercises um and then tuesday and friday were workouts like i said before uh tuesday was more like uh aerobic workouts tempos mile repeats thresholds and then friday you're doing more uh anaerobic things uh you know faster more reps faster shorter things okay and then um wednesday and saturday or your medium long run and your long run and Sunday, like a recovery run. Okay. Have you learned through the years, like what you respond best to or what maybe even enjoy the most? Um, I think I enjoy the Purdue training better because when I was in high school, uh, you know, we were grinding hard every other day. I was hitting it. Tuesday hit it Thursday hit it Saturday that's a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure yeah we were so we were working pretty hard but then again in high school I was doing like a lot less mileage compared to Purdue yeah what, what was running, your peak in high school like 60 miles a week I think okay that's still so pretty I, decent yeah yeah I got up there by the time I was a senior um and realized like oh I might be able to win state I was like I better train pretty hard <laughs> there you go uh, and then when I was at Purdue, I think I was up around 90, maybe getting close to 100. Dang. Um, but there, yeah, there's a difference I just thought about. When I was in high school, I kept track of my mileage pretty well. Like I had a um, a satellite watch or whatever, GPS, mm-hmm. kept track of it. Um, by the time I got to college and even now, I don't do that anymore. I just have a really? Yeah, I just have an analog watch and go off of minutes. Dang. Do you have like yeah. a, an Excel spreadsheet or something? Or like or um, how do you how do you keep track of stuff? Coach did that for us and um in college he'd have an Excel spreadsheet and he'd just be like do this on this day, like run yeah. this many minutes. Um and he didn't want us to get caught up in the pace. So I've always been a guy that like I take my easy runs pretty slow. What's pretty uh, slow? like eight minute pace no way really yeah i don't run faster than that on an easy day ever dang um 
I feel like that takes a lot of maturity. Has that were you always like that, running slow on the easy days or Yeah, so when I was like at OA, um, when I was at OA, my teammates, you know, um they would want to run easy on the easy days and they want to keep the team together. So mm. I was like, okay, like I'm fine with that. Um I don't need to be running fast and I never yeah, I never like had even when I was in middle school everything, just like I'm gonna run easy on these easy days going into college um i was like oh shoot like i have to train at a higher level now i bet a coach is going to be making me run you know seven minute pace or six minute pace on these easy runs i better pick it up so that yeah. was the only time i did it and then when i got there and he's like nope don't do that uh mm. you know just take it easy on your easy days that's all, all i want on the hard days is when we were going to get the workouts in um that's when you're going to get better the other days just get recovered so I was like, okay, I'm cool with that. Like, I'll default back to running slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, you, do you feel, like, fresher and more ready for your, like, harder days? Yeah, I rarely ever went into a um, workout feeling, like, you know, pretty bad. I, if it came after a race, like, after a hard 10K or something, yeah. Yeah. Or cross-country race, yeah. I mean, that's going to catch up. Um then I will say, so talking earlier about when I got injured. So when I was in my fifth year, I think I was like, all right, you know, this is my last year. So I have to make sure I do really well. <laughs> <laughs> I started taking my, my easy runs a little bit harder. And then lo and behold, I strained a calf or a quad yeah. out for two weeks. And coach was like, yep, that's why we don't do this. So interesting. Yeah. You, you learn. Um, and so I slowed it down again and, um was able to get over that and still train well and make it to nationals and everything so uh yeah i think going through everything i think if you take your easy days too hard you're bound for injury at some point you are at risk of turning yourself into an inconsistent runner mm. so that's why i don't do it for sure and i feel like oh go ahead i was gonna say that's especially why like i don't wear um a gps watch on my easy days because i don't want to be caught up and trying mm -hmm. to get this many miles and this amount of time i'm just going to go out there run the time that was set aside um and if my body feels fine then maybe i'll naturally run a little bit faster and if i don't feel good then maybe i'll naturally run a little bit slower and uh, just let things heal up hmm. i feel like that maybe one like drawback of of Strava and just like the social media age we live in that like you want to, I don't know, you want to show to the people that follow you or the, your friends online that like you're running this, you're running fast, you're running fast every day. Like I'm really this good or I don't know. It's just easy, it's easy to get caught in that mindset. You know? Yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're posting everything on Strava and you haven't like, I don't know, don't have a fully matured mindset or really care about what other people think of you, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a D one runner at Purdue. People need to know that I'm running 10 <laughs> miles every single run. So I have to go fast. I can get all this mileage in. For sure. So I also, I also feel like, I don't know if your whole like running career, you've taken your easy days at a certain pace, like, I don't know, in high school, if you're like a 16 something guy and you're taking your easy days, like six fifty or seven minutes, Maybe it feels like a little easy, but it's not like truly easy. Um, 
I don't know. It can be hard to like transition to that eight minute pace plus because it, it feels, it just feels weird at first and it feels like you're doing something wrong and like you should be pushing harder. I don't know. It's, it's hard to get, it can be hard to switch to that. Oh, I think you're right. I think um, we definitely had people come in on the team that are used to like the running faster in high school. Uh, and then they're, you know, they're trying to push the pace or whatever. Then maybe they get injured or they just naturally slow down. Um, but I think most of them have learned to enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you, I read that you're helping out with Oldenburg again, at least like riding training maybe? or Yeah. So um, I'm actually a head coach, which is kind of crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> how that happened was they had a coach. Um, and then she got a job and got busy. So she's like, sorry, I can't do this anymore, which is understandable. And so that happened like right before season starts. So they were scrambling to find a coach and I got asked them to do it. Um, it's like, uh, well, I'm moving to Indianapolis soon because I have a job. I have to start working. <laughs> right. But I can write training. Um, it's probably just not a good idea if I'm the head coach because uh, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, they couldn't find anyone, so they're like, all right, let's just put your name down as the head coach and see if anyone comes along. No one ever came along. Um, so I was able to practice with them for the first month, which was just enough time to kind of show them everything that I want to show them, um, start working on their culture, uh, and then I left. And then since then, I went to all their meets, um, well, not the weekday ones, but whatever. Those were like dual meets. They're pretty much glorified practices anyways. <laughs> but I went to all their like invitationals and stuff on the weekends um, and was able to like keep in contact with them that way. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I inspired them enough because I had um, several after season come up to me like, hey, we want you to like continue to coach us and keep training us even though you're not here in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're liking it um so i still am in touch with them and sending them weekly training um and keeping them going and i think they're part of that reason was um i think we came up with a pretty structured training routine that made a lot of them get pretty fast or a lot better than what they were mm. um i think seeing them seeing those results are kind of like okay um like he is a pretty good coach and doesn't have to be here to still like help us um and so they you know just were able to buy into it and believe that i could help make them better and so they're down for it even though i think personally um yeah i would love to be head coach but i really think that they need to find someone that can be there Mm -hmm. like on a daily basis and i can still send them training and give advice and be a good assistant coach but yeah yeah is it like I don't know. Coaching is that something you wanted to do or or want to do? Eventually, I wanted to do it, but I didn't know I'd be doing it this quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is somebody like there at practice, or they're just doing it on their own? I have an assistant who's there twice a week. Other than that, um, they uh, are mature enough and respect me enough that they'll do whatever I tell them to do. Dang, let's go. Which I believe um, because everyone on that team, their times all drop by like two to three minutes. Whoa. So they're definitely, 
you know, listening somewhat. <laughs> Something's working. Yeah. <laughs> you, so you said the, the week or the month that you were there, you were able, able to kind of like set the culture. What, uh, what kind of things were you looking to like put in place? Um, so yeah, what I, what I've ended up doing with the coaching is I've combined my high school training with my college training, um, and just took like what I've seen as the best from both of those and combined them together. Um, so from like the cultural piece, I wanted to, uh, really teach them because I didn't think that this was really stressed enough in high school that, um, you're not going to get better overnight. Or as mm-hmm. coach Oliver says, you can only get 1% better every day, or you're only going to get 1% better every day. So, um, just telling them that like, Hey guys, this is a process. Um, most of them didn't even train in the summer. I don't think any of them except maybe one trained in the summer. Um, so I was like, look, um, we only have like two and a half months till sectionals. Um, we can't do anything magical for you to just get instantly better. But if you do what I tell you to do um, and you do it every single day, you're going to get a lot better in those two and a half months. Um, and we're going to see, you know, we're going to see some big payoff. So that was the first thing um, teaching them that. And then the second thing, which it took me a while to figure out uh, is what we called staying blue head, which is during races, if things get tough, um and get heated uh and you're not feeling that great being able to take a breath and stay calm like all right this is the end of the world we just like gather up my emotions get things under control um focus and get to work on it um and i think you know they didn't know those like mental parts of the sport Mm -hmm. i think being able to help set that tone um and then buy into those philosophies really help them grow maybe even more than the training um Mm. so that's uh like just kind of two little pieces right there and we're still working on it like um i also want them to have more of a sense of like running for the team rather than just like running to try to see how well they can individually to do but also running for um something bigger than themselves that's awesome um yeah i think that that mental aspect is is so huge and if you can like unlock that i don't know it's like the the sky's the limit what right. uh sorry what oh yeah i'm just agreeing with you oh yeah nice uh you can share as much as you like but what uh what kind of training are you guys doing like what was the best of both worlds um so right now what we're doing or what we were doing during season. Um, I'll have them run, some of them double on Monday, and then do drills and strides and core and whatever. Um, and then also on Monday they lift, which is something we didn't do at Purdue, but they're doing less mileage, so we have more time. Mm. And then Tuesday, um, that's very similar to what I did in college. Uh, I have them do a pretty aerobic workout, like, a tempo or K repeats or mile repeats or something like that. Uh, and then Wednesday, this is the same in um, both college and high school. Well, Tuesday was too, but um, both college and high school, we Wednesday, I think it's universally kind of uh, medium long run recovery day. Mm-hmm. It seems like Tuesday and Wednesday is pretty universal in the running world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then Thursday is the same as Monday. Um, and again, they wait. It was kind of. It was until we started racing. I was having them do workouts on Friday, but then once we start racing, we did a half workout on Thursday. So they would just do like uh, maybe like four to eight four hundreds. So nothing, not a lot, but mm-hmm. some. Or they would do eight 45-second hills. But they wouldn't do a whole, like, three miles of speed work. Because I consider in high school um, that Thursday, Friday, whatever, if you're doing um, three miles of speed work, I consider that to be a whole entire workout. So mm-hmm. it would be, like, two miles or less. Um, and then Friday, we'd do, like, meat prep, um, run, and then drills, and then a few strides at race pace and then Saturdays usually invitationals and they mm-hmm. race and then Sunday um like a recovery jog you know however well their mileage is anything from like one mile to five miles but doing something to get the lactic acid out yeah for sure yeah that's that's really good um and so you saw you said you saw a bunch of results like kids were dropping two three minutes off their time yeah, they did um pretty good. I don't think I don't think anyone dropped less than a minute off. Um of course I can't say they were like super speedy to start out with and I like them, but um yeah, they I mean they were getting a lot better. Um but even from the start of the season to the end, I guess, um I think I had one girl drop like six minutes from the start of the season to the end. And then another one dropped um, like three minutes. And then, yeah, on the guy's side too, we saw uh, everyone drop like, you know, one to two minutes from the start of the season to the end. And then everyone PR'd overall by like at least a minute or more. Um, So it was working pretty well. Um, But we're going to train in the winter and then, all summer. And I think that'll be like the real test to see how this training works. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know this wasn't like a, a full coaching experience, but like, is it what you thought it would be? How, how has it been so far being a coach? Um, It's not what I thought it would be because I'm not in person. Yeah. Right. Which I don't think my coaching experience right now is uh, very comparable to most people around the state. <laughs> for sure but it's still great and i still like that a lot and it's really cool uh being able to put together training plans and have them execute it and see the results um and also really great that everyone on the team is uh buying into what i'm telling them and mm-hmm. you know going for it and they, they want to get better um and i think that's another thing like outside of myself there's only one other person at OA that ever got a state title. So there's between every single sport in the entire school ever, there was one person, Courtney Bell, who won state in the 800, um, you know, a while back before I did. And then I have two titles. So I think that adds a little bit of credibility that they see that and they're like, mm. you know. Um, and did, they, I, did they know who you were? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a like couple street signs and a mural in Oldenburg. So no way. <laughs> so, hey, that's awesome. So they knew. Um, a statue out front. Don't have that yet. 
<laughs> yeah. You gotta win as a coach first. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get a small school through, you know, to state and podium and there you go. Yeah. Nice. Um so going going back to high school for a bit, uh when did you like start developing a passion for running? When did you start actually enjoying it? Um, I think kind of when I started enjoying it was when I was a sophomore, our team won sectionals. And I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of cool. We did something like as a team, we won, you know, whatever, won a, a pretty big meet. Um, it's kind of cool to see all that teamwork come together and do it. Because like I said before, um, yeah, I wanted to like win and not get beat just because I was super competitive, but <laughs> I still don't like it. I didn't really like it until we started doing like cool things as a team and going to invitationals and being competitive and winning. And then I think after that, I really started getting into it. And then same thing that sophomore season, um, going to state and getting ninth, I was like, oh, I just got ninth at state. I'm doing pretty good. Like, <laughs> this could go somewhere. And I still wasn't on my mind to run in college at that point. But I was like, you know, if I place ninth this year, maybe I can do a little bit better next year. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of when things started started um, turning around. Yeah. Have you always been super competitive? Uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say fairly competitive for sure. Um, I mean, I'm not just going to like go over there and let someone walk all over me. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> are you, are you competitive in like all areas of life or just running or yeah? I am, um, which kind of may have hurt a little bit during college because when I was like working on schoolwork and stuff, I was like, I want this stuff to be perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss anything that I can't miss, which um, then maybe I was like stressing too much or working too hard on things that really didn't matter. Um, you know, looking back, I was like, no, I really didn't have to like try that hard, even though it was, I don't know, it's good that I did and I'm, I'm fine with them proud of it or whatever. But um, yeah, I would say like anything I do, I just like have to do it perfect or else that's not me. Hmm. Or at least was as good as I can. <laughs> yeah for sure don't do <laughs> was it tough balancing like full-time job of like cross country and then also school while you're at purdue yeah it was pretty tough um it took like it took me a minute to figure out like you know being able to get everything done um and also like whatever practicing and going to meets and stuff and that's that's kind of a hidden uh, thing right there that's difficult yeah everyone knows like oh I have to practice every day and I have to uh, go to school and do homework and stuff but really kind of what's a little bit difficult is when you leave to go to meets because you're gone for mm. however many days um, and so you're you're missing classes and um, you know you have less time to do homework or whatever uh, so that's when it can get difficult and then also you know you have to throw all your books and everything in your bag and take them with you which no one wants to do that but yeah <laughs> yeah you do what you have to do um and then also i was in mechanical engineering so that wasn't didn't make matters any easier yeah 
<laughs> I was going to ask you what you studied. Um, heading into college, what did you think you'd be doing after? Or what did you want to do? Um, yeah, so that's an interesting question. Um, so I was going into college and I was like, oh, I'm probably going to do some sort of engineering. And I was a little bit interested in aerospace engineering. Um, but when I got to Purdue and it sounded like aerospace engineering was very, um, uh, like, uh, I guess very niche. There wasn't mm. a whole lot of industries out there for it. Um, so I was like, uh, maybe that's not a good idea because there's not like a ton of opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I looked around and the mechanical engineering professors were like, Hey, you can do anything with a mechanical engineering degree, which is kind of true. Looking now that I've graduated and like looked at every job offering that's put up, it's always like have this degree or a mechanical engineering degree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, that's why I decided on it because I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Let me just do this and worry about that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, but funny enough, I got the degree and then I did a master's degree in marketing because I was looking for something to keep me at Purdue another year. Mm. Um, and also I, I thought it'd be a good idea to have a business degree, which is true. And I'm happy I got it. Um, and it has shown some payoff. Um, but then I got hired to Rolls-Royce and Rolls-Royce um, makes airplane engines. So initially when I didn't think I'd need to go into aerospace engineering, <laughs> wouldn't ever yeah I'm in the circle. now i'm back in it right out of college yeah how long have you been there um september october november december four months four months how's it been so far oh that's been great i like my job i'm in a rotational program so i rotate oh, for okay. two years and then i pick a permanent spot but i'm in a vibration test lab right now so we test for like um the resonance of parts and then make sure they're not going to fatigue hmm. when their aircraft's like working. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's been fun. A lot of cool technology. Um, yeah. Yep. So is the ro rotation like between departments or are you going to be moving? The rotation. Yeah. So I'll jump after I get done with um, this rotation, which ends in December. Then I'm going to uh, an engine program and the engine is T56, which most people don't know what that goes on, but it goes on essentially what the military uses for a cargo plane. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it goes on a lot of different planes, but that's probably its most popular application. If you were to look it up on Wikipedia, that's what would pop up. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, Actually, how I got that job was because one of my teammates at Purdue's, their parents worked there. And so they're like, hey, here's a program that you'd probably be interested in. Just like apply to it. So I did. Um, and I applied like on the very last day. And then whatever, a few months later, they're like, oh, we need to interview you. Okay. Now <laughs> we have a job offer for you. I was like, oh, looks like I found the place I'm going to go. <laughs> there you go. Did you know you wanted to stay in Indy? Mm, no, I wouldn't say like that for sure. Um, I like Indy and I definitely like being close to Purdue and Batesville. It's like halfway in between. Um, but if there were Rolls Royces in Cincinnati, I would have gone there 
mm-hmm. because I like Cincinnati. Like Batesville's even closer to Cincinnati. Um, and I think the city's nice and the Bengals are there. So <laughs> you a Bengals fan? I am. I was a Bengals fan even when they sucked. There you go. Yeah. Did I do you play fantasy football at all? I haven't until this year. One of my friends asked me to be in the league, so I'm in it right now. Hey, how'd you do? I'm like mid tier. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just like mid mid level in our division. I think I've um won seven games and lost seven. Is it week fourteen? I think I'm seven and seven. Yeah. Yeah, this is I think week fifth week fifteen just ended, I think. Or maybe week sixteen, because with the buys. I might be eight and eight. I'm either at five hundred or have a winning record. I know I'm not at a losing record anymore. <laughs> okay, nice. I uh so I'm in a, a league with my with my job and mm-hmm. I I also went seven and seven and like barely snuck into the playoffs. And this week was like the first week of the playoffs, and I played my boss's boss, and I was like sitting pretty like the ESPN app. ESPN app had me at like 78% chance to win or whatever uh-huh. with like I think we he had one player left I had like three players left um but Joe Burrow was playing and he went into the half with like five points or something like that yeah and the second yeah. half through four touchdowns and I ended up losing by one and a half points it was rough yeah yeah I had Joe Burrow as my quarterback and at the halftime like dang it dude what are you doing <laughs> I know He's so good. He's he's the real deal. Oh yeah, he's a beast. And they're uh the wide receiver squad's like really good too. So mm-hmm. they have they have a lot of weapons down there that they can use. Yeah, for sure. The future's bright. Mm-hmm. Like the start of the season, they like looked a little shaky, especially coming oh, yeah. after, coming after uh, <laughs> yeah, after like such a great season last year. Mm-hmm. But they've been turning it on for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was the first two weeks went by, and I was like, oh, man. I'm yeah. going to put my head in a paper bag or something. <laughs> good, but... Have you been to a Bengals game? I've been to a few. Not this year. I haven't. Um, I didn't go to one last year. I haven't gone to this one this year yet. But I would like to go to one. They're a good time. Mm. So are all your rotations in Indy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so the program used to rotate people to different places around the country um, and also between civil and defense. But right now Rolls Royce just like badly needs people in Indianapolis and badly needs people in defense. Mm. So uh, that's where I'm at for right now. Um, And it's a good thing though. It's not really because people are quitting so much. It's just that they keep getting more and more work. Mm. Is it the kind of program where like, once you're done with all your rotations, you can choose where you land kind of thing. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to. Okay. Nice. Um, so going back to running a little bit, you end up at Purdue. How, how did that come about? What was your like recruiting process? Like, yeah. So, um, like I said, I was like, didn't you have running in college on the radar until one day, you know, you get a, uh, letter in the mail from a coach recruiting and you're like oh you know maybe maybe we can work something out here yeah yeah so <laughs> um yeah i got another one and another one um and then before long i had been in contact with um pretty much all the schools i had wanted to go to 
Um, and so I kind of narrowed it down to five, um, which were Purdue, IU, which I threw out pretty quickly just because they didn't have the program that I wanted to go into. Um, yeah, they didn't really have the type of engineering I was interested in, so I kind of mm -hmm. got rid of them. Um, Wisconsin, I had talked to. He came to my house, and he was like, hey, uh, we would like for you to be on our team, but the catch is you have to decide, like, today. So I was like, uh, oh, I can't make that decision, so see No ya. pressure. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, nah, yeah, <laughs> like, I can, I'll go somewhere else. Um, and then Notre Dame and the uh, University of Cincinnati. Okay. So those were my three. Um, which actually, uh, Coach Oliver did not recruit me to go to Purdue. He was at Stanford at the time. Ah. When it, it was kind of a funny story about that. Um, he was at Stanford, and I had gotten a letter to be recruited to Stanford, which I filled out. But they, um, I don't know, things didn't work out there because my track times were slow. Uh yeah, um, my track times and my cross times didn't line up very well, and a lot of coaches asked about that. Would you and, would you go in track? Or were you like, was it that I far like, off? I don't think my junior year. I don't know if I ran faster than nine thirty in the two mile. Really? Maybe I ran nine twenty eight. Well, the reason was I never trained in the winter. <laughs> no <laughs> wait, ever. No. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I never not did. One, not one winter you trained. No, no, oh, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> as soon as I got the next game, I was like, man, I'm done. <laughs> I would just sit around and not do anything until the start of February. Um, and so all these coaches are like, yeah, your cross times are great, but your track times, hey, there's something not right here. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so did you tell them that you like weren't training in the winter? No, I didn't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> why why do you train the winter? You're just like, uh, whatever. Yeah, I was just like, uh, kind of <laughs> the mentality. Like, I don't have any races coming up. Um, <laughs> That's true. Like, my team's not meeting. It's cold outside. <laughs> you know, good time to take a break. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. So you, I, you I won did. the didn't you win the thirty two your senior year? Yeah, so that was the other thing. So after all these coaches were saying like, yeah, like you really need to get these track times up. Um, <laughs> you want to, you know, look better. I was like, oh man, I better do something about this quick. <laughs> so I trained pretty hard. And then, uh, you know, ran a couple 920s and then got to state and ran 908 and won. I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> That's so funny. But they yeah. weren't like bad enough for – Purdue or Notre Dame or like they were fine with it yeah they were fine with it they were just like yeah um you know they're like if you want like a bigger scholarship or something or like to prove to us you know whatever you need to, you need to <laughs> run a faster track time so I was like okay I, I better actually like get really serious about this and <laughs> change <Yeah>. my ways <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny um so how was the transition to Purdue um, it was, uh, I think that like, it was kind of tough at first and I think it'd be tough for anybody. Of course, you're like moving away from your friends and family and most of the people that you know, and you're like, okay, 
Now I have to go to somewhere else and I have to start over a little bit. Yeah. Some of my friends were at Purdue, so I could, I talked to them a little bit and hung out with them. Um, but I was like, all right, new environment, new people. Um, I have to like adjust to this mm -hmm. and figure this thing out. Um, and then, you know, also interested in girls that weren't at Purdue. So that doesn't help matters. <laughs> yeah. You said yeah. that we're not, weren't at Purdue? No, they weren't at Purdue. So Ooh. I was like, I was like, you know, my mind's not completely here. Um, <laughs> so it took like a little bit of time, but eventually I like got fully on board with it. Um, I'm definitely like glad I, I went there and wouldn't change anything about it. Um, but I think, I, I think that a lot of people, um, deal with that. I don't think that's like uncommon by any means at all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Was it tough adjusting to the training or is that pretty seamless or? Um, not, not really. Um, I feel like I transitioned pretty well. So before coach Oliver took over coach Kent was in charge and he sent me my summer training. So actually the summer training was, was pretty tough. So I, like I said, coach Oliver, uh, and I share the same philosophy and back it up hundred percent. It's like, take your easy days easy. And during the workouts, we're just going to get like a little bit better. We're not going to do anything crazy and kill mm -hmm. it. Um, coach Kenny, he was on board with the coaches that had the other philosophy, you know, his mm -hmm. like, you know, all your runs need to be faster than seven minute pace and your workouts, are, you know, you know, you're going to be killer and you're going to like grind all the time. Um, so the summer was like kind of hard because I'm like, oh man, I got to get ready for this. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Coach Kent left and Coach Oliver came and then it was back to something I was more familiar with. It wasn't too big of a transition to what I had been doing previously. Um, and then also Coach, he's really good about bringing in freshmen and starting them out just the right level. He's not going to uh, destroy anyone or be abusive or anything. He's uh, going to figure out where you need to be yeah. Um, and also it's up to you to uh, communicate that just be like yeah like this is where i'm at right now coach like this is the mileage i've been doing or these are injuries i've been having and as long as he knows that he's gonna he's gonna take care of it um and so yeah he did a really great job i think um bringing dealing with the people that are already there and then us incoming freshmen um putting us at just the right level workouts uh making us a little bit better every single week um yeah and bringing us up and making us good runners yeah what was your mileage your freshman year um 70 miles a week so you know i went from 60 my senior year up to like 70 75 so that's completely reasonable yeah that that makes a lot of sense i was mm -hmm. i was thinking about that from like a high school coaching perspective like i mean maybe it's just for the the person that's going or the athlete that's going to run in college but I don't know. I imagine it might be a little tougher for like a lower mileage program. If you're doing like 40 miles a week your senior year, like jumping up to 70 or 80, which like most like D1 colleges or even like just high colleges, college programs in general are doing. Um, yeah, it could just be a tough transition, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so actually, we have dealt with that. There were freshmen, um, I can think of two in particular. That came to the team and they were on that like you know 40 45 miles a week and so uh coach didn't throw them up to 70 80 they mm. started at 60 uh, 
So yeah, Coach Oliver is really good at recognizing where you are at and um, making sure that you don't overdo your training and get injured. Um, so I was I was completely fine. Yeah, I didn't ask you this this question about your uh, high school career, but if you want to answer it for your high school career and your college career, but do you have a, a favorite moment for each? You definitely accomplished a lot in both. Is there a moment that sticks out in either? Um, so for the high school career, yeah, I guess probably uh our team winning sectionals and also like obviously winning state is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> state wins. The cross country one a little bit more than the track one. Because in cross country, everybody's in it. You don't have some people in the mile and the right. Yeah. Did you, feel, did you feel any pressure coming in? Like you were the pretty heavy favorite, right? To win state. Yeah, I was. Um, um, I wasn't like too worried about it. Actually, the one I was worried about was semi state because I haven't raced Gabe Fennell up to that point. Mm. I was like, man, this guy's pretty fast and we're on the flat court. <laughs> but then as soon as I beat him, in that race, then I going into the, like next week, I was like, all right, um, this course is like way hillier. Oldenburg's pretty hilly. Indianapolis is pretty flat. Put two and two together. Should be able to handle this. Some good math right there. Yeah. So uh, what I did at State was I just like went out, got up in the front, and then as soon as um, we got to the hilly part of the whole course. I just kind of hammered it and I think he dropped it at that point. And then I just like, all right, let me just, you know, keep on it the whole way in and I should have this in the bag. Yeah. You won pretty like it was like 30 seconds or you, you won by a good amount, didn't you? Yeah, I, I guess the plan worked out pretty well. There you go. <laughs> Wait till I got to the bottom of the the staircase, you know, going up the, mm-hmm. the hill and uh yeah, hit it and the field dropped and I didn't let off. I, I mean, I never let off in any of my races, but at that point in the race, I was like, all right, as long as I don't pass out or something, I should be okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was what very about- hot that day. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I remember it was, it was November, but I think it was in the 80s. Yeah. Did you feel any, like, did you feel woozy at all or, or dizzy at all? Uh, I ran slower than what I had in the past on that course. Mm-hmm. I think most people did. Um yeah, I think it was hot and windy. It was just weird for it being November. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about college? Your favorite moment from your time at Purdue? Um, Probably, oh, I got a few. <laughs> All right, let's hear them. Uh, the first one, obviously, our team taking 11th at Nationals um, at Terre Haute. That was a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, whenever – we made it to nationals and winning regionals that year as well. Um, and the second one, which is also that day was, uh, you know, making my all American honor. For sure. So that was great. And then this one's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the first time I scored in the big 10, it was during a DMR. Uh, and I did a blind handoff and coach was freaking out. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean a blind handoff? I didn't look. I just stuck my hand back and started running and waited for someone to oh. put it in. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out? Yeah. I was like, um, I remember seeing IU had fallen and Illinois had fallen at that point. That's usually two pretty good DMR teams. So I was like, dang, 
you know, if I get going here, we can get some points. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I didn't look back. I just like wait until my teammate got close, looked at it, and then just started sprinting. And when I felt the baton in my hand, it took off. So that was like the first part. And then the second thing was I had, I went out through the first 400 at like a 58 second. And that might've been the only time I ever heard coach like get up on the track. He's like, slow down. Uh-huh. <laughs> Burn out. Yeah. Cause I wasn't in shape to run a, I don't know. What would that have been? A four fifty two uh, or three fifty two mile. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you end up running? I think I split like a four Oh two or a four Oh three. Dang, not bad. Yeah. Um, what uh? So you had like obviously a lot of success in college. What would you? Are there some keys that you'd attribute it to? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the first is that we have a great coach, and he knows what he's doing. Um, so great training. And then the second thing was we have a uh, great team culture, mm. and I think they're kind of uh three parts of that team culture that really made like help me get good and help the entire team get good um and so like yeah the first one was that we all bought into the program and trusted coaches training um and that's really important i think if you don't buy into the program and you don't trust what your coach is telling you you're not you're not going to do well um, because you just don't believe in it (laughs) for sure so um the second thing is that uh i bought into the part of the culture that, that was like fighting for base hits um, so coach would never ask us to do anything crazy. When I got all American, he never said like, go out and get top 40 in this race. Mm. You, know, you have to do this, um, go out and win the big tens. You know, he never said that. He's just like, all right, um, get up where you belong and just fight the entire race and just try to, you know, do what we're capable of. Mm. And so that's, that's all I ever did was just, uh, try to stay consistent not get down on myself in the race just like all right um i need to move up a few places but where i'm at right now is fine um i'll just keep like fighting this entire race and hopefully we end up there by the end uh and that that philosophy worked out i think by the end of my collegiate career even though i never won uh, a big 10 race i think i had over 35 points i might have 38 so just like you know those consistent base hits over and over again added up in the grand scheme of things um and then the last piece which i think it took me a while to really realize this and man how you had you came until after i graduated college um and i think our team lost it for a little bit because we had a little bit of a time there where purdue wasn't doing too well in the running world but i think they're starting to get back at it and i think it's because of this piece um that we called it if you go i go um and so basically you believe in yourself um that you are as good as your teammates you know you train with them maybe they are traditionally faster than you on the course or on the track but you still believe that like you're as good as them and can keep up with them and so Mm -hmm. all it took was if jared was up ahead of me and i could see him i like you know what like I do most of the training that Jerry does. Maybe he has a little bit of a higher mileage, but our workouts are pretty similar. Um, I'm in just as good a shape. If he's up there, I can too. So I just like the entire race, I just focus on trying to close the gap and get up to him and stay with him. Um, And then also I had like Brody, who's always right next to me. Uh, 
he doing the same, trying to get to Jared. So if one of us was hurting, then we just follow the other person the entire way. Um, and uh, just like fully believed we were as good as each other. I remember in one race, I think it was a nutty comb. Yeah, it was a nutty comb. I was what, 2K into the race and I got like knocked over and I got up and like, oh, dude, I'm way back. I got to get up there. So I just, I went crazy. I ran as hard as I could, got up like near the front and then I was dying. So I fell back. <laughs> I found Brody and then just clicked like, hey, um, I might be hurting right now, but I'm in as good a shape as Brody. I still have whatever, 5K to left to go. Um, but if he's here, then I can be here because I'm just as good as him and I can keep up with him. Mm. Um, and then same with the like the guys in the back. We had four people in the back. And as long as one of them was like, hey, I'm I'm as good as Jared or Kurt or Brody and I can I can maintain the gap and close on and on it, you know, make up ground. And as long as one of them was doing that, you had everyone else back there believing that they could do it too. Because like, well, we all train together. Um, so I must be just as good as you if I can do the workouts you do. Mm. Uh, and I think we lost that a little bit after COVID. I think the team had kind of forgotten about that. Um, and I think it started getting established, reestablished last year during our outdoor track season. We saw our team doing a lot better and people uh, buying back into that belief and um, showing it. So I think that those things are what kind of contributed to my success at Purdue. Yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. Like the really just like the whole mental side of running mm -hmm. and especially like during racing, like it's just so like your body's giving you so much negative feedback. Like this hurts. We need to stop. We need to slow down. Anything you can do to, to combat that, like to take yourself out of that, like immediate moment, like remind yourself of the race that you're in, your teammates, all the work that you put in. I think it's, I don't know, it's huge. Oh yeah. I definitely remember many races where I was hurting so bad. I'm like, all right, just do not fall off of Brody. Do not fall off of Brody. And you know, he was probably sitting over there thinking the same thing. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm hurting right now. He's like, all right, if I just sit like right, right next to Kurt and don't step back and don't step off of it, I'll be fine. Uh, and you know, the same thing, both of us looking up and whatever, 10, 20 meters up is Jerry. Like, all right, let's just, let me just focus on staying here and closing the gap and just trying to get to my mm -hmm. teammate because I work out with them. So I must be as good as them. You know, there's no reason I'm not, I just need to be tough right now and gritty. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned COVID how, how was the COVID year? How did you handle it? What was, what did it look like? Yeah. Um, so training wise, I was able to keep off of that, keep on it. I think training, um, the training was fine. The culture thing, it kind of fell apart. But as far as training goes, like, I don't know, that's just being an adult. Choosing your commitments over what's convenient. Mm. So it's like, all right, I'm still on the team. I don't know if I'm ever going to race again. I don't know what's going to happen, but I've committed to this. Um, I need to train for it. So I was just, yeah, I don't care if I never run a college race again. I'm going to, as long as I'm enrolled at Purdue University, I'm going to continue to do whatever coach tells me to do um and not like you know complain about it or uh take a break from it you know, it would have been convenient at that time to be like yeah no racing for the next year but just <laughs> <laughs> just like your winter breaks right yeah <laughs> <laughs> then i went back to high school and be like yeah 
nice time to take a break. I was like, no, I signed up for this. I need to do this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was like, let's just keep training every day. The hard part was the culture part because we didn't see each other anymore. We, uh, we didn't have like the constant reminders, whatever the sayings and everything. Um, and so I think that's what hurt when we came back. Um, you know, of course, everyone had been training and were in shape. But I think at that point, uh, we hadn't been together. So people start questioning themselves like, oh, well, am I really as good as my teammate? Mm. Where am I right at right now? For sure. I think, I think that's what happened. Um, so it was just that was the hard part of coming back, you know, getting the team back together then and trying to get that figured out and get it going again. Um, so those were, those were kind of the two things there. Um, I personally was able to still do well just because I think going back to the very first thing I started, like, well, one, I was like committed to training. And then two, when I came back, I was just super competitive per usual. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't want to be last. I don't want to win this. <laughs> I don't want to get beat. Yeah. Well, I'd rather, uh, you know, given the, given the two, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to get beat, giving it everything, you know, on my ground at the end of the race, rather than like, dang, not going my way today. I'm just going to throw on the towel. Yeah. Do you think, I don't know, do you think competitive nature can be taught or is it like pretty, baked in from the beginning um i think i think it, for a lot of people that have it it's baked in but i think it can be taught too mm. i think you just have to be um maybe even a better word for it is discipline you have to be disciplined mm. um, and disciplined to be able to convince yourself to fight the entire race and all the way through the line um and that can be hard to teach but I think it can be done. I mean, I've seen, there've been a lot of runners that were decent in high school um, and then go on to college and they get like even better. And I think what that is, is just a development for like, you know, extreme self-discipline and being mm -hmm. able to uh, gain that, the mentality and the mental strength of push yourself the entire way. Mm. Yeah. yeah I, th I think you're, you're spot on there. I think it's one of those things, I don't know, whether by nurture or by nature, everyone's has like a certain amount of X, Y, and Z, whether it be like mm -hmm. competitive nature, either a little more introverted, extroverted, a little more this or that. I, but I think everyone has their starting place, but they have the ability to like move the the dial. They can become become more competitive. Um, it may, may take longer, maybe harder work, may take more discipline than the next person, but I feel like it's something that can be, I don't know, developed, learned or taught. Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, and I think also it's something that you have to do repeatedly over and over again. So you'll see like a lot of people can race well one or two times during a season, mm. but they can't do it over and over again. But I think that's maybe the development of it. If you can get convince someone to put it all out there every time. And the more you do it over and over again, the more you force yourself to go to the well over and over again, then it becomes nature. 
and then mm-hmm. you have to do it every time or else you feel like you don't feel right you don't feel yourself for sure mm-hmm. yeah and i think kind of going back to like the philosophy of, of purdue like the the base hits the the little incremental steps like you don't have right. to be this like you don't have to win every race right off the right out of the gate but making those those little steps and building the, yeah. that confidence yeah um i think so i agree with that and i think um even above that um sure you want to perform well but i think uh having heart and grit is always above having a good performance Mm, Um, because you're not always going to perform well every time but you can always give it all every single time yeah that's that's kind of one of the i don't know like a double-edged parts of running like really only you know that yeah you you could have had a bad performance, but that was the hardest you've ever worked. And like only you, really, you only, you really know that, but that's the stuff that makes it worth it. Right. Yeah. I uh, remember my fifth year at big 10 cross country. That was the worst I ever finished in the big 10. I was like 22nd or something. Um, and yeah, it wasn't what I wanted at all, but I know for sure when I finished, I was like dead. I, <laughs> I couldn't yeah move another step um so yeah and um i think that's another thing you just talk with your coaches about because your coaches will look at that and be like what happened you know is the training not going well and sometimes you just don't have it and it's not there but as long as you give your whole effort and you know that then that's really what matters yeah totally i think that's like one of the beauties of of running in general and i think especially at like a high school level because you have I don't know, you have a kid who runs 20 something minutes and like they may PR by like 30 seconds, but they're finishing like towards the back of the race. But that's like the best they've ever run. And that's the, the most effort they've ever given. And there's like, I don't know, some beauty to that, you know, the the giving your best and that being like enough. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. Go ahead. No, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. Um, I think only you can know if you put it all out there and if you did, then you can, should try to walk away content. Yeah. It's hard to be content. It is. I think kind of to tie things full circle, like it, it like flies in the face of, oh, there's my cat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It like flies in the face of like our whole, I guess like instant gratification, social media, like culture where you like want people to see you perform. You let people to see you, I don't know, whatever like that. Like I, yeah, I guess, like I said, like running is special in a way where it's like just between you and yourself and becoming better incrementally. I don't know. So just really cool about it. Uh, So I got a couple more questions for you. I know we've been going for a little while. Do you still have some time? Oh yeah, I'm good. All right, we'll go all night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> five hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do you work tomorrow? Uh, yes, I do. Nice. Are you taking any time off? Um, I work a nine eighty schedule right now, so I get every other Friday off. Oh, nice. Yeah, what eighty is- hours in nine days. Oh, okay. What? So is that this Friday you're getting off? Yeah. There yeah. What about PTO? Are you taking any time for Christmas or New Year's? No, I get um 
my first year, which is this year, I get 10 or 10 days of PTO. And then starting on the new year, so January 1st, I get 15, but I'm allowed to roll over 10 days. I didn't need it for anything. So I'm just going to have 25 days next year. 25 <laughs> days. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't spend it all uh, and roll 10 over again or five or something, but yeah, I will technically have 25 days of PTO on January 1st. <laughs> there you go. I, I heard that like, so a lot of like the newer, like startup tech companies have like unlimited PTO. I've heard that pe- like companies that have unlimited PTO, like people will actually take less PTO. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've there's heard- not like a, like for me, for example, like I only roll over five days at my company and I have nine just like in my bank, whatever. So I have to spend four by the end of the year where in a normal, if I had unlimited, I'd probably only take like maybe a day or two off, you know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Interesting psychology there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually my roommate, he's getting into a limited PTO with his company. So I guess we'll see how it goes for him. There we go. It never works. Yeah. Cool. So I got some questions related to running for a small school and like just things surrounding that. Um, what advice would you give? And you can obviously answer I don't know. Give as much as you'd like for each answer. We've kind of covered some of this stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. share what you'd like. But what advice would you give high school coaches uh, of small schools, especially if they have someone like you, like someone who's talented and has potential to do well uh, in the state tournament? Yeah, I'd say um, definitely like one thing for sure is to try to get them into some big invitationals. Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. But it's good to see, like, some competition before you get to state. Um, so that's one thing I would say I do. Like, I, as I said, I never raced Gabe Fendel until semi-state. But I did go to – we went to fast meets um, mm-hmm. and saw some level of competition. And then the other thing, um, yeah, obviously, like, don't be afraid to have them work out alone if that's what they need. Uh, definitely adjust accordingly to make them better. Um, I think, you know, maybe a coach can be afraid, like, oh, they're not going to like running if I just make them do these workouts alone. But that's, that's fine. If you're working out by yourself two days a week, um, you still are with your teammates on the easy days and during school and stuff. Um, I didn't think it hurt my mentality that much. Um, and then the last thing I would say is, um, you don't need to like un um don't like pressure them a ton, but make sure they know what they're capable of. Mm. To make sure you know, like, yeah, I mean my coach, she was always like, Yeah, like you're gonna be a good runner. Uh you can do well at state, you're gonna go to state and you're gonna place like top ten, top five. Uh just like you need to train because you are capable of these things. <clears throat> so I think making sure, you know, people know that and they're aware of that can also help motivate them to um, train hard and work at it and put in the effort and time that they need. Yeah. Was there a big difference when you got to Purdue, like having people to train with then? Like, did you, was were you missing out on anything or? The workouts were, I noticed um, the workouts got, uh, at least like mentally easier, maybe not physically easier because we were running harder, 
Yeah. But if I was having like a rough day and I needed to get some, you know, hit, try to hit these times, I could sit behind my teammate and just like, all right, once again, here we are. Same thing as racing. <laughs> I feel awful, but let me just focus on sticking with someone who I know I'm capable of, of like running with hmm. and getting me through that way. Um, so that was, that was definitely helpful. And then, like I said, you know, I'm big on the easy runs. So yeah, that was fine. You know, had the yeah. whole team together. Uh, and then the other thing with that, um, and this is like not completely related to the topic at all, but like we had our workout groups in, um, in um, college, but also like talking to people on the easy run who aren't in your workout group hmm. and being able, you know, still to develop um, your love for like the entire team and, uh, you know, having just like a special place in your heart for everybody and not just a handful of people. Yeah, I like that. I would say like even back to like talking about working out alone when you're in high school, mm-hmm. even at like a big school like Carmel where I'm at, like they they start together, yes, but like by mile one of like a tempo type run, like they're all strung out. Mm-hmm. And I mean it is a little bit different. Like you can you can see your teammates and things like that, but it's not like they're truly they're not like talking or like right working out directly next to each other. So it's yeah, even then it's a little different. Right. Right. And then in college, at least we did, I don't know about the other colleges, but we would, you know, run an eight mile tempo the entire way all together. Mm. Mm-hmm. So in a big pack. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, maybe like five or six of us, mm-hmm. which were like, all right, I want this group to run whatever, like five forty pace down to five twenty over eight miles um, and stick together, you know, keep the, keep the team together. If you, you know, sometimes it's like if you get down to 515 or whatever, that's fine. But it's more important to keep the team together rather than trying to push the pace a little bit harder than what we need. Mm, I like that like that team mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice would you give a young runner in a small school program? How can they maximize their success? Um, Just uh, to have the mentality that uh, not to like take yourself out of it. Just realize, like, uh, you know, for starters, uh, you don't need a massive team or the whatever the latest and greatest equipment. Or I guess in my case, you don't even need a track at your school. <laughs> would be good, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you just need some solid training and some grit and heart, uh, and that's all all you really need to do to go out there. Um, yeah, and then training. Buy into what your coach is saying. Um, if you want to train or feel like you can train at a little bit higher level, uh, definitely make sure to have that conversation with your coach and tell them like, Hey, uh, the past three weeks, the workouts have been really easy for me. Do you think we should like change something up? Cause I think I can do better. Um, and then one other point that I should make is that uh, a lot of times with the small schools, especially like Batesville, Indiana, um, you don't see a ton of good competition. So even when you're racing, um, not taking it easy because you have the race one by two minutes or a minute or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep putting yourself up there. Um, like it doesn't matter if you're going to get first, second or third or take the school record or the course record, just keep pushing yourself as hard as you can. So you can develop 
um, and maintain that grit and giving it everything every single time um, because that will build consistency. And at least at Purdue, um, and I'm also expecting most colleges want that, um, what they would have over like a one-hit wonder, somebody that's going to run good once or twice a season mm. is somebody that can consistently do well every time instead of somebody that can do amazing once or twice. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had you had some solid teammates during your time at Oldenburg, but like you said, and I imagine that you were doing a lot of your harder workouts alone. Um, how were you able to like maintain those friendships on the team, and how were you able to like kind of stay connected to everybody? Oh yeah, um, that was uh, that wasn't a problem at all. Like I saw them during weights, as I said, easy runs. We all ran together. Um, there was only eight of us, I think Hmm. we count. Yeah. I think there was eight of us. Uh, and so we were like pretty close friends hung out outside of school together. I guess that was kind of another difference. Um, I'm sure people on the Carmel and Fisher teams are good friends and hang out, but there was eight people on my team. I could hang out with all of them at one time somewhere, not on campus. Mm -hmm. I don't think very often is every single person on like the Carmel or the Fishers or the HSAE team all hanging together, you know, all at the same time, like outside of practice or whatnot. Um, So I guess on a percentage basis, I was able to uh, maintain better relationships or at least maybe like closer friendships and stuff um, with people on my team compared to if I'd gone to a like a larger school. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's like I'd say everyone's cool with each other. Like everyone like pretty much knows each other's names and whatnot. Right. Um, but it's definitely there's just definitely pockets of, of of friends and people. Like there's I don't know. It's probably I feel like it's by like tens or so. Even it's probably by like around eight people like you can really be friends with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely it's a good point. It's definitely a big difference. Um, what are your thoughts on a class versus unclassed state tournament? Yeah, that's a controversial one in the state. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> that's your hot take. Um, <laughs> I understand that the small schools aren't going to be able to turn out the level of talent of the big schools. Like, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get good runners here or there. Um, but usually the larger schools are going to be able to find um, naturally better talent. And whether, you know, um, I guess what I think is that it would be hard to see, and he's a great coach, but the Carmel coach go to Oldenburg, Indiana, and have the same level of success as he is in Carmel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be difficult to do. However, I like to see uh, who the best in the state is, and I want there to be one state champion, and mm. that be showcased. So, with that, my take is, um, if it goes to class, there should at least be some sort of race of champions within the IHSA tournament. But if that isn't a possibility, then I'd say leave it unclassed. Okay. Yeah, that's a. Uh, um... Colin and I were talking one day, the Carmel coach, and 
that he, he actually said that he's like i know that like if i traded places with a, a small school coach like neither of us would have success right away like there's just there's just unique challenges to each to have right. to be able to coach 150 kids is obviously a unique challenge and to be able to yeah to coach you know eight is also a very unique challenge yeah right right yeah um okay i think this is, might be the last one crazy that we're already here uh what advice would you give a small school runner making the transi- transition to a bigger college um how can they set themselves up for success yeah um so as i kind of stated before uh first thing is go in with an open mind buy into your coaches training and your team's culture um and if your team doesn't have a good culture you don't think or um you know maybe there are things you take away from this podcast or anywhere else like in books and stuff that you think could help make the team better then definitely like talk to your team about that um after you've been there for a little while and have experienced it uh you know maybe not right away because you haven't gotten the full mm-hmm. um intake. so definitely going with like an open mind um um but then also on that second point of taking in the experience yeah uh live in the moment taking the experience um like i said and most people are probably going to have to deal with this but like my mind wandered away from purdue for a little while and it took a little bit to get there but um i think the faster you can get to that mental stage of living in the moment you're going to be a lot happier um and that means you know um, obviously, yeah, you're always going to like the people that you were with in high school, uh, and your friends and family, but, um, you know, put the phone down, spend time with the people around you, uh, because you only really go and do it once mm. and you don't want to miss out on that experience. Um, so just like taking it as much as you can. Um, so that's kind of like that part. And then also, as we said before, uh doesn't matter if you're about to finish dead last or you're winning by 200 meters always race with heart and grit every single time and practice fighting through the line mm. those are my points love it um are you a big uh new year's resolution guy um maybe not specifically new year's but just like constantly making your life better mm. Sure. If you see something, it doesn't have to be on the new year that you start it. You can start at any time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty true. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely try to do that. I try to do like a weekly review. Um, mm-hmm. just try to like, I don't know, think about my prior week, set up my next week, like what I want to change, add, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I also like, you're definitely right. I think also like a new year provides a nice like break, you know, nice like uh. transition to something new but sometimes i was thinking about changing the new year and what you said about like put your phone down and like live in the moment kind of thing remind me of it i want to like try to and i will i'll mess up on this a little bit but as much as i can like not i don't want anyone to see me on my phone so i can like be on my phone like when i'm alone or and like with nobody whatever but i want to try to like i don't know be as present present as i can this upcoming year and I don't know I feel like more and more as I get older even though I'm not that old like I'm just realizing like people and relationships are like maybe the most important thing in life or definitely up there so 
Oh yeah, I totally agree. I was like, uh, like I said, and uh, at the start of college and maybe even for a couple of years there, um, I was like, oh, what are these other people doing? You know, I have other friends or other people I'm interested in and like having my mind spill on that. And then, you know, once I got matured into my like late junior and senior year, fifth year and now I'm like, dang, like, I wasted some time there. Um, mm -hmm. I should have been spending this time or like more focused on the people around me. And I think I would have uh, enjoyed it more and got a lot more out of it. Um, and if I could go back and change that, I would. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. And I am also on the same page as you. Um, and I'm, I'm not there a hundred percent yet, but I would definitely love to get to a point where it's like, I'm, when I'm with people, I'm not on my phone ever. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm by myself, whatever, but yeah. 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 Is this crazy when you get on that, like, I don't know. So I've, this is like super random, but I've been obsessed with chess recently. Do you play at all? I know how to play the game and I've played a few times in the past. Okay. I played when I was little with my dad. So it's been a minute, but yeah. Nice. I listen, so I listen to this podcast with like maybe the best American or definitely the best American player right now. Like one of the best players in the world, like mm -hmm. listen to an interview with him and like just got me super interested in chess, but there are like times like when I'm around, like around my girlfriend or around like, people I know and I'm, I'm just like on my phone playing chess or whatever or like even just like looking at Instagram or whatever and then I like come to you know like that moment after you've like scrolled for a while or just done something random mm -hmm. you're like dang I've definitely been like ignoring family or friends or whatever it's just like such a terrible feeling right yeah that was super random um cool is there is there anything we missed about time in high school time in college anything else you wanted to to bring up, uh, I think not really. I guess just realize, um, you know, uh, if you go through, I think one thing we didn't talk about is low points. So if you go through a low point mm -hmm. in your running career, just realizing like it's not the end of the world, um, it's peaks and valleys. The thing is, um, running is like the stock market well hopefully like a good a bull market <laughs> and it's like you know doing that it's never mm -hmm. just gonna be like a straight up a straight shot up um but it should be you know maybe you know three steps forward one step back everyone's mm -hmm. gonna take a step back and i i mean i did the same things um i never made it to nxn and i never made it to like track nationals and uh had a bad big tens race my last year there so whatever you're not going to be able to always uh have great races and that's true across the board like uh i beat uh yard the goose who is an olympian and across me at nationals uh and also during that same race cooper tier almost got last maybe did take last because mm -hmm. he yeah i remember he he was having a great race and then just last k just lived it so um yeah everyone's gonna have highs and lows uh if you have a low day just look back on it try to learn from it and then uh you get 24 hours to be upset and then move on <laughs> there we go yeah. um are you pretty resilient oh yeah <laughs> super uh <-huh>. resilient <laughs> what you say 
very resilient. There we go. I don't I don't stay down too long. When I had that bad race at Big Tens, I was like, well, regionals is coming up in a couple of weeks. Like, didn't do well now. Definitely going to do well then. Um, and I also, you know, realized uh, if something goes wrong, I'm like, you know, that's not me. Like, I don't, I don't always run this slow. I never run this slow. So this is okay. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> you know, kind of sucks or whatever. But uh, this isn't going to happen next time because I'm not going to let it. Um, mm -hmm. I just won't let let myself do that bad again. I'll go go back, get healthy, uh, get right, and come back out here and hit it harder the next time. For sure. I love that. I feel like – so I know this is like Under Armour's slogan, but it – so I actually lived in Baltimore for a year. That's where Under Armour is headquartered. Mm -hmm. And they have like this big like slogan on the side of – like this uh, like walkway by their building. It says like the only way is through – and I, I don't know, that that's just like stuck with me over the past like two years. I think even when I'm just thinking about this podcast, like this is, this will be episode 17. And I don't know, I think I'm like my own biggest critic. And I always feel like I could have done better, could have done this better, that better. But I don't know, it's only through your like failures and keeping moving and keeping going that you like continue to get better. It's like the only, only way is through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. If you want to get better, the only way is through the process. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. That's it. You can't, uh, there's any secret formula or secret recipe. It's just um, going back to it. Like we said, getting 1% better every day mm -hmm. and just getting after it um, and enjoying the time in the process and going through the right steps to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool, Kurt. I uh, enjoyed this a lot. I, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we, you know, learned a little bit more and uh, had a good talk, and other people listening enjoy it too. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think they will. I think we covered a lot. You had a lot of good insights, good wisdom. Um, I definitely took a lot away from it. So yeah, like I said, I appreciate your time and coming. Yeah. On. Glad to hear that. It was a great talk. I really enjoyed it as well. I think we got through a lot of good points. Yeah, definitely. Got to two hours. It's pretty awesome. It is. What time is it? 9.30. <laughs> yeah. So three hours to go. Yeah, I know. Let's keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Longest podcast ever. <laughs> there we go. Cool. Well, I guess uh, that's how we'll wrap it up. Until next time, see you guys later.